the cars are on that driveway. Never seen anything like it. There were seven Bugattis there, uh, four Ferrari LaFerraris, probably like almost, a, almost a dozen Paganis. Have you ever seen that YouTube video of like the prince from another country in the LaFerrari and he's just wrecking it everywhere? Yeah, the dude in Beverly Hills, the yellow one, yeah. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and he's just like, but he he has like uh, police immortality or something. Yeah, he's got, so, so that they couldn't charge him. All they could do was just say, you're not allowed back at the hotel. So they just told him he couldn't park his cars nearby where it was. And that's all he could do. And he just went to a different hotel and parked in there. It was so what fucking the funny. hell? But no, this this place in Connecticut was insane. There actually there, there was uh so his, his La Ferrari was yellow and it's a pretty rare car yeah. color. There were two yellow La Ferraris in this one driveway. Dude, what the and hell? And this was like Awesome. All right, so we're live. What's up, bro? What up, bro? Good to see you. Good to see you as well. So I got Andy Thompson. Thompson or Thompson? Thompson. Thompson. Although I've been called the Thomper before, the so thomper. whatever you want to do. Okay. That's hilarious. Been called the Thomper. So Andy, you grew up in Downers Grove. Yeah, correct. I, I was born about uh, probably like 10 minutes from here, just up the street actually over at Good Sam. I uh, lived in Downers Grove my entire life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was kind of just like, you know, like the average like upbringing, but yeah. it was just like, I, I definitely like acquired my passion for cars and photography, which mainly we're here to talk about yeah. uh, as I grew up. It wasn't something I just like was instilled with with my parents like growing up because neither of them were photographers. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been in the car scene then for how long? Uh, been, I've been in the car scene for just over five years now. Uh, I made my Instagram page in June of 2016, which I didn't really like know anybody in the area. I just kind of like I just bought my first DSLR camera and I just like had like zero experience with like shooting I'm cars like, it up professionally. Uh, yeah, you can probably pull it up. Now, people. now Chai Town Exotics, that's your Instagram page. Yes, is correct. that what you typed in immediately? Uh, that is what I chose immediately. I didn't choose it with the intention of like having become some big page someday. It was just like, you know, I'm from a Chicago area. I'm not from a city. Of course, people from the suburbs love to say they're from a city, but I wasn't from a city when I made it. But it was just like, you know, I'm from the Chi-Town area and I shoot mainly exotics. I'll shoot anything, but mostly like supercars and hypercars are kind of my bread and butter. Yeah. And so Chi-Town Exotics was just a name that for some reason wasn't taken. I was kind of surprised by it. I was like, I may as well take it for myself. So how old were you when you created the page? Uh, 14. 14 years old. Okay, cool. So what's the difference between a supercar and a hypercar? Uh, it's it's a debate that's ongoing a lot with a lot of different cars. But the main thing that I would say is that it comes down to a mix of like power and production numbers. Like the biggest example, without getting too nerdy into car talk, is probably the new Ford GT. If you're familiar with those. Well, I watched Ford versus uh, Ferrari, so that's about my familiarity. Okay, so then, yeah, it's kind of just like with the, the new version of that car from that movie, basically. Um, I saw, I think I saw one. Keep going. I think I saw one. I want to show you and see if I'm right. Uh, yeah, you probably are. There's, there's several of them in the area. But the biggest debate with those is that because they are pretty powerful. You know, they got like, I think around 700 horsepower, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. But they built quite quite a few of them. They built over a thousand of them. And that's kind of something that's like, well, it's a powerful car, but it has a V6. And it's also not like very rare in terms of like some cars can be. That's it? That's that's, that's that is a 4 GT. It's not the newest one, but that is, that is a 4 GT. Yes. Okay. Okay. So power... Versus production kind of separates. Are there other like big, I don't know, classifications for, for cars other than supercar, hypercar? Uh, well, there there is such thing as a mega car, but that is there's only like one or two cars that do that because that comes down to power to weight ratio. Um, the best it's like basically like where's one horsepower for one kilogram. Like when, when there's like over one horsepower per kilogram, that's you can call it a mega car. What would be a mega car? 
Uh, Koenigsegg one-to-one is the best example. And there's actually, there's only one of them in uh, in North America and it's actually in the Chicago area. Funny story, I've shot that one. And I guess that's kind of one of the things we can talk about today. Oh my God. Uh, but that's kind of the classification for a mega, for like a mega car. But there's like, that's like above a hypercar, but there's so few of them that that's like, people hear that word and they think it's made up, but there's actually like a reason for that. There's no debate for what a mega car is. Now, can you drive a manual? Not yet. That's one of my biggest shortcomings so far as I've been shooting cars for like five, six years and I yeah. have not learned how to drive manual yet. Now with, with, you know, the luxury cars, when they're manual, I heard the other day, is it true? Like, is it the, the shift pads? Is that what it is? The, like a paddle, Pad, paddle shifters. shifters for like man, like, or does some of them have the, the actual like stick shift or whatever? Very few of them these days come with an actual manual. I think Porsche and Aston Martin are two of the last brands that are doing that, but I'm never up to date on that. My buddy just had a GT3 R. I don't think it was the RS. Is that right? It, like a G, just a GT3. It's a base GT3. GT3? I yeah, think yeah. he just had a Porsche GT3 then because I don't think it was an RS. It could have been an RS, but it was sweet. It was sweet, and I think it was manual. I think some of them came with the manuals. Mostly the PDK, which Porsche says. Maybe, like it's maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but it... I mean, there's there's some that have manuals, but there's a, also the PDK, which is like supposed to feel more like a manual because you do shift it yourself. Yeah. But it's just like a dial in the center console, so it's not quite a full manual. But it could be possible to get an actual manual. Now, do you can you think back and be like, man, I love like what what what's got you into cars? I actually I can, and it's like um, one of the probably like one of the, the, the just the craziest like experiences in terms of just like random stuff that's happened. So my, when I it was like it was like it was like 2011 roughly. Uh, I was driving in, in the area with my dad. Um, like I was in the passenger seat, he was driving and there was like this really loud engine that blew by us on the highway. And so many times you hear like loud engines, like, Oh, that guy needs a new muffler. He's driving some like yep. shitty old Prius. But this time it was like actually like a really nice engine sound. And my dad was like, I think I know what that is. And as it drove by us, it turned out to be a Ferrari F40, which, uh, if you look it up, it's from, it's the, the last Ferrari that was designed when Enzo Ferrari was still alive and they built like just over a thousand of them, I think. Okay. And, uh, just like my dad was like super excited about that car. And just the fact that like he was like getting excited about it and like, it sounded really good. Like that's kind of what made me want to get more into them. Yeah. And then I saw, uh, we, we were just driving by the Bolingbroke promenade about two years later. And we saw that same car parked up like in a parking lot. Yeah. And being able to get up close to it, like seeing it drive by was cool. But like being able to get up close to it and appreciate it. And like the owner was really cool. And just like seeing that there was like such a passion that was able to be had, like yeah. by everybody who was seeing this car, because it had a massive crowd around it. It was like it was that car that got me into it. So 2011, 2013. That How quickly did you get a camera and create your page after seeing the car? It was actually quite a delay because I didn't want to buy necessarily uh, a full-on camera. That was kind of something my parents like cautioned me from. So I would just take my cell phone to shows because you know they want to yeah. be more like more sensible with money and stuff. Like when you're younger, because a DSLR yeah. at that point is a big investment when you're 13, 14. Like yeah. it's 500 to 600 bucks is no joke. Yeah, obviously. Um, so I would just kind of take my cell phone. You know, I I would go to shows in the area. Wouldn't make a huge production out of it. But then in December 2015, uh, I said to my dad, I was like, okay, like if I get a bunch of money for Christmas, I've got some stuff saved up in my bank account, but it's like a little leftover. Can I buy a full-time camera? And he was like, okay, sure. And I'd been shooting for about six months on that camera. Nothing too special because obviously like, it's a starter camera. I'm new to photography. Uh, but I made the page in June 2016. Um, the, the, this, I decided to make it that day because the very first Koenigsegg that had ever been delivered in the area uh, was a 2008 CCXR. Uh, it was turned out to be the last time the guy would ever drive it before selling it. So I got lucky there. 
but he drove it out to a show over in Barrington, which is like a northern <clears throat> suburb in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. He drove it out in the rain. And that wasn't the coolest experience because I, I went out to that show thinking like, oh, I made a mistake coming here, you know, wasting my Saturday morning. Yeah, there, there's there's nobody in the area who's going to be out. And there's just a freaking Koenigsegg sitting in the lot and having shots of that thing in the rain as it was pulling away. It was like I, I had to share these somehow. And I was like, well, I can't post them on like normal car. Now, who had the Koenigsegg? Uh, some guy up in Barrington. I've, I've okay. never I've never met the family. Um, I, I know quite a few people with cars of that caliber in this area, but I've never figured out who that was. Yeah. And like I haven't heard of him buying anything crazy since then. I think that's kind of the last like, yeah. crazy car he bought. But um, that was certainly the first time that I was really like, okay, I have to share my photos somehow because this is such a cool experience that like I want to share my passion with the world. I had no intention of like creating some big name for myself. I was like, it was it's a passion project. I just want to start it and see where it goes. And yeah. I mean, there's obviously like a lot in between that and now, but sitting here five years later, I mean, if you'd have told that 14, 15 year old kid after seeing that car, like the making that page was going to be what it's turned into now, I would have said you were crazy. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Now you, what's your favorite car? My favorite car actually is the F40, be- not just because of that, but yeah. also because just like there's something just special about it. Like it seems to be one of those few cars that like whenever any big car guy sees one, he gets excited about it. Yeah. Like there's. It's it's from that that age where cars were still more analog, like they weren't like everything now is like computers, so it doesn't feel like you're driving the car. It feels like you're just like helping the car go along. Yeah. Whereas back in the '80s, there was like the, the F40 super stripped out, like there's no technology in it. It's it's a true manual, like you you row your own gears, and it's just like this. It's, it sounds great, drives great, supposedly depending yeah. on who you ask. It looks great, and there's there's enough of them in the area. It was like I think just like four or five. It was like you you see them every year or two and it's like they're rare enough to keep you after them and it's all but it's also you get to see them and appreciate them there's a nice i work out here at uh-huh. lifetime oakbrook there's a nice black ferrari that'll come there and it's got like yellow trim in the wheels black it's just i don't know what ferrari it is but and you've probably seen so many ferraris around the area i, I definitely have which is not something like again i haven't gotten desensitized to i them, see so I, many I've g-wagons seen, oh g-wagons are popular around here so Everybody popular dude everybody's got a jeep now the ones my favorite is the one with the brabus kit like when they have a brabus yeah, kit it was on. actually funny to talk about lifetime oakbrook one of my friends was there last week and texted me a picture of a brabus he yeah. saw in the parking yeah, lot the dude yeah. always has a, i don't know who it is there's brabus you'll see some rolls royces some oh, bentley's yeah. um but obviously now that it's getting like colder and like wetter you know the the mm-hmm. those nice cars aren't coming out so you like the f40 now growing up for you like what was I always like to know how people kind of like, like like what was growing uh, up for you like you know what I mean? Uh, I mean growing up for me it was like I mean I don't want to sound too cliche but it was like it, it was pretty average. I mean like I didn't come from a family that was like doing crazy stuff. I didn't come from a family that was like you know like super poor. We were like we're, we're very middle of the line. Yeah, like, it's like the, t- the traditional like you know suburban upbringing kind of. Like, so your I, mom's an accountant, right? Uh, yeah, my mom is. She works payroll for a big dentist office, and then my okay. dad works like I was saying earlier at some big company yeah. down in the south suburbs. I don't remember the name of it for the life of me. Yeah, but he just does like he deals like a bunch bunch of big international clients on like copper cables and that kind of thing. Okay, but I don't I don't know much of the details yep. on that. But yeah, so they they were working like not crazy jobs like it, it like they pay the bills and then so yeah. but it's not like we're not like you know I'm I'm like a trust fund baby or anything like that. Yeah. It's like super crazy. Like yeah. I, I know some people who are through what I've done, but yeah, no, it wasn't anything super crazy. I yeah. just kind of like I, I I learned that. Uh, one of the things they did teach me was that, like hard work yeah. um, is obviously somewhere that will get you like do something that will get you uh, far. And I also kind of learned like 
through. Do you get that from both of them or one in particular? I would say my mom more than my dad because like my mom was like around more to tell me that when yeah. I was younger. My dad was like working crazy hours downtown in the city, and it's like she'd be the one around more to like help yeah. out. And then something that I also learned from both of them as well as like uh, running cross country both in high school and college. Like if if you, if you want something hard enough. Yeah. Like go out there and work for it and Love you'll that. eventually yeah. be able to get it in some way, shape or form. And even if it doesn't work out how you want, you might learn things along the way and meet new people along the way as well. So what do you think was like your most impactful memory as a kid growing up? Uh, up until what age? Or do you mean like before I had the page? Uh, probably before you had the page and then after. Uh, I think one of the most impactful memories that I had growing up was just like the fact that when I started to get into cars, like my... Uh, my dad and my grandpa as well because my grandpa used to own a couple of Porsches himself like they yeah. were just really, like really supportive of it obviously to an extent like they don't want me like being consumed by it but yeah. they were very supportive of it and they told me like if I wanted to let that passion go somewhere they'd be behind me 100% and just like knowing even at like you know 11 or 12 when like I just had a cell phone and was taking pictures like knowing that they would be behind me if yeah. I kept it within reason where it's like I don't want to do something every single weekend yeah. just knowing that I had the support of them like uh, behind me the entire time was like yeah. definitely really huge that's and it's just like that kind of like, you know, like pushed me to keep going with that. Now, and then leading into you, then creating the page, you're 14, you know, you figure, so you're just turned 20? Uh, I, I turned 20 in September, yeah. Okay, what's your birthday? Uh, September 2nd. Mine's the 25th, September 25th. Uh, yeah, so. September's a good month. It's a great month. It's a great month. Okay, so when did you make your first dollar? Like, when did you like make your first, like, hey, look. You're paying uh, me for this. Actually, the first, the, the very first photo shoot I ever did, um, if you're going to edit this, like, or something online, I can send it to you. Um, I did a photo shoot with a guy who had a uh, Ford Model A out in New York. I was on vacation with my family, um, and I was out with my grandpa. Actually, no, I was out with my uncle, not my grandpa, driving in his Porsche. Yeah. And we parked, like, a boat dock uh, by them. And I was, like, by their house, and I was just, like, there was a really nice, like, old Ford from, like, the 1920s sitting there. And I just like, I, I took a photo of it on my camera and the guy saw me and he was like, Hey, show me that photo. And so I did. And he was like, you know, it looks pretty good. If you send it, if you email it to me, I'll give you a 20 right now. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm just a kid on vacation, not trying to make any money. But yeah. you know, he just said that to me. And obviously like, that's a very rare occurrence. You don't just usually yeah. meet people in parking lots and they say, Hell Hey, no. send me one photo. I'll give you 20 bucks. But yeah, you know, he was a very nice guy and that, that was like the first dollar I ever made, but that wasn't necessarily when I like decided I was going to like take it further. It's just like, that was the first time where it did happen. That's sweet. When was your first like big, like big check? Uh, my first big check. Um, I did a photo shoot for a guy in Naperville. He has a Ferrari four, five, eight. Uh, that I think it was like November, 2017. It was my very first time shooting on a tripod. Like he, he'd seen my work in the day. He was like, you know, I want to do something at night because like, he just wanted to like see what I could do. And he was more like just willing to support me as I was growing. Cause like yep. I, I, I'd met his daughter through something at school. Yeah. And so he was like, you know what? Like she's told me a little bit about like what you're doing. He's like, you know what? I, I want to see what you can do. You know, kind of be dope. the first person to help you out with that. You made some money and went on a date. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not go on a date. Unfortunately. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. She's kind of hot, but yeah. Um, uh, I, I did not go on a date, but I, I did shoot with this car. Um, and you know, the, the, those shots came out all right. Um, yeah. and so he gave me uh, 75 bucks for that, which, which at that time was like astronomical. Cause like, I, yeah. at that point, I mean, I, I don't call myself a pro now. I, cause yeah. like, I, I never like calling myself a pro. Cause like, it just yep. sounds like, oh, you have like a big, now ego, where did this but, humility come from? Uh, well, it's just like, it's the fact that on Instagram, you see so many people these days who like, they think like their content is what makes them. And yeah. like, it's really not like you, like they post like, like 
I post supercars and hypercars frequently because like I, I like how the shots look because that's yeah. like I shoot them so often like I just have a chance to like get creative shots of them. But yep. there are people who post those cars like religiously because they think that's what's going to get them the engagement. That's going to make them look good. But yeah. it's not about, you know, the caliber of the car you're shooting. It's about like how you come off as a person. I was like, I always like to come off as a very like drama free, uh, like just like, you know, humble, I, I guess humble guy. So like, where did that come from? Like who, like who inspired you to develop into humility? Is it something you read? Is it like, honestly, it's, it's more like, I, I was getting to that in a second. It's more just like, I kind of noticed that because like, there's so many guys at the top. So to quote unquote, who like, they have like very big egos and they just kind of like, are very like full of themselves like oh i know i'm working with the best stuff in the area and it's like well i am working with some of the best stuff in the area but i don't want to come off as a guy who's like flaunting that because i'm just willing to look at you know a guy who like you who has like an f-type versus a guy who has like a koenig's like up the top yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like j just because your car may be you know unfortunately your car may be a bit slower so <laughs> way slower um, <laughs> unfortunately um you know it's like you you're a cool guy like it's been yeah. even though you only have an f-type like it, i prefer to make more relationships more i don't yes. care about the content as much but so many guys do and that's kind yeah. of where the humility comes from because it's like if that's the kind of person you are you're gonna attract like nicer people and you'll be able to form more meaningful relationships absolutely even just through bro. shooting photos absolutely and having that mindset at your age i can promise you is going to make you you know you know and it, it, it's all in regard to how you measure success but inevitably you can't be as humble as you are as nice as you are and seek uh to build value in relationships and not make a lot of money it's just mm -hmm. impossible i've seen it in my industry i've seen it in, in my own business and it, it's always been you know you know if, if we were to measure finances it's always been like my my success financially has always grown when i've when i've found ways to in a sense find find more humility in myself uh, but expressing that in relationships and building the value in those relationships is you can't go wrong with it. So like seeing that is like, it's awesome to see. And it's just awesome. Like I knew right, right away when we talked yesterday, basically, mm -hmm. or in the la last few days, it set this up. Yeah, I was sometime like, last 48 hours, like, like two days yeah, ago, this this time, I didn't even know who you were. You it, mentioned me like Wednesday afternoon. Now yeah, here we bro. Are. <laughs> exactly. So then I was like, we're for sure going to hit it off. And so $75 into and that was three years in. That was so three years ago. People yeah. don't see like the process because you started 2014, your first big check, which is 75 bucks in 2017. Now we're in 2021, going into 2022. So you figure in two years, you're gonna be 10 years in business. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so, pretty insane to think about. And that's that's what that's an overnight success. It's 10 years of mm -hmm. oh man, his stuff looks so great now. But it's like you know, look back 10 years ago to like, who was there supporting you? Like how yeah. many followers did your page have 10 years ago? 30, 40, you know? So, and it's like, and those are mostly like friends and family. Exactly. Or like it's like the, the one or two nice guys I meet at a show. It's like, oh yeah, I'll shoot you follow. But it's like, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, okay, it, it's one more. I mean, yeah. like, but the other thing I want to stress is like, I'm not, I've never like really cared about following. It's not that I don't appreciate every yeah. single person who interacts with my page, but like, yeah. I don't go out again, like looking to get followers what I'm doing. Cause yep. like, I mean, you can have like a hundred followers. You can have six thousand, which I'm fucking getting near, which is insane. Yeah. Um. And but it doesn't like the following doesn't matter if if you're not you know the right person for exactly. it. Exactly. Like if you're not if you don't come off the right way. Exactly. Absolutely. So as you continue to build your career, I'm I'm trying to think now into like what's the coolest car, like coolest experiences you've shot and been been involved in. Uh, so the first cool experience when I kind of touched on earlier uh, was shooting the Koenigsegg one to one. Yes. Because there's only one of those in this in the in the in the country. Well, actually, on, on this whole continent, like in North America, there's only one, and it's somehow based around Chicago. Uh, but the, the the craziest story was like how I got involved with doing that. So summer 2019, I was at the uh, the Trump Tower. Uh, yeah. I'd just been dropped off. My friends, my friend had his Porsche. Out. We just went for a little ride in it. 
and I'd never been in the garage before. He had to go up in his hotel room and he was like, y he don't want me to follow him because this Trump security would have gotten mad because, you know, he was president at the time. So those hotels were like locked down basically. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm in this garage. I have no idea how to get out. And there's like this probably like 15, 16 year old kid with his mom in the garage. They seem to know what they were doing. So I go up to them and, you know, I just asked them like, like how to get out of the garage. And he was like, hey, that's a nice car you just got out of. He saw I had a camera. And so he was like, do you have an Instagram? And I was like, yeah, I do. And so he followed me and we kind of like, exchanged uh you know numbers and instagram to just like started talking yeah and two days later he went to the big ferrari dealership in the area ferrari lake forest was up north uh and he w happened to be there at the time when this one guy was taking one of his two koenigseggs out he owns the one-to-one -one in uh, a regera if you know what those are yeah uh he took his regera out for the very first time or one of the first times and this kid happened to be there uh doing rollers of it and so he gets those shots which is insane and he like messaged me out of it i'm like holy shit that's insane like he the guy never takes the car out because I knew who the guy was didn't know like much about him or I'd never met him before and then about like maybe nine ten months later like right when the start of COVID hit uh the kid messages me and he goes you know I've been talking to this family more and more and uh they were saying like they wanted to get this big YouTuber out called Stradman I don't know if you've heard of him uh he's got like th now he's got like three and a half million YouTube subscribers but at the time he barely had like two million I think yeah and um he basically the, they wanted to do a big shoot with him and so they got it, like he got in touch with me and said on behalf of the family, like they would be willing to pull something crazy, like one of their two Koenigseggs or something else, if you were able to get in touch with them somehow. And luckily there was a guy on the East Coast who I'd done something big for earlier in the year. And he was like, if you ever need anything, you know, just hit me up and I'll do one big thing for you. Well, he happened to know this big YouTuber. So I was like, hey, can you put me in touch with this guy? And so he did, which was amazing. And then we managed to get together a shoot. Me and this kid from Minnesota, who I'd met by chance a year and a half earlier, we managed to pull together the only time the one-to-one's ever been driven on public roads with this big YouTuber there. And the guy and his son were there to drive it. And it's like, if we hadn't met in Trump Tower a year and a half earlier, we never would have shot like one of the craziest cars on the planet. So who was the owner of the car? Um, I actually, I, I don't want to say, yeah, I, you don't I, have to I, say. I don't want to say his name, but he's a, he's do a you, big hedge fund guy up Do north. you know his net worth? You don't have to say like. He is a billionaire. He's billion, a billionaire. Absolutely. Easily. He now, is, is he of, the richest person you ever met? Yes. Not the richest person in the state, but one of, he is the richest person I ever met. Yes. So who's the richest person you've ever met? Him? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then did you say there was a richer person in the state? Yes. Uh, the, his name is Ken Griffin. He is insane. He's like, uh, you heard about the Wall Street bets thing probably where it's like. The, Wait, um, are we talking Ken Griffin like the base? I'm, I'm no, no. Uh, Ken Griffin, the big hedge fund guy, like Citadel. He, man okay. he manages like 60 to 65% of Robinhood transactions. Like okay. that whole like Wall Street's best stuff that happened yeah. like beginning of this year. He was like one of the big guys who went under fire for it. Okay. He's like a crazy car collector too. Have you gotten uh, any of his whips? Oh, no, no, no. No, I've, I've never, never gotten in touch you with gotta, him. You got to, that's your next connection is who can you find that's got like some type of connection and then bring them so much value where they're like, all right, yeah. I'll do one big favor. All right, here's Ken Griffin. Dude, you're going to do it. You know what I mean? With everything you've accomplished I mean, in the last eight years, seven years, imagine where you're going to be another 10 years. I mean, well, before I jump, jump to conclusions, what's your vision for the future? My vision for the future, so I, I'm a sophomore in college right now at DePaul University, which uh, I, I think Aiden goes to as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. What so, are you studying? I am studying journalism. Journalism. Aiden, what are you studying again? I'm doing film and television. Film very, and television. Very good film program there. So, uh, journalism and film are two of our stronger programs, so that's, that's going to be involved in. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing journalism, you know. Uh, yes. Because I've always liked writing, and I kind of like obviously want to keep my passion for photos going, so yep. I think I might look into photojournalism, but... 
I mean, like you were saying, like as this like passion product I've been growing like on the side sort of has like blossomed as something I never thought it would become like the same uh, kind of thing uh, that you were saying is like, I'm thinking of that where it's like, how much further can I push this? Where it's like, yeah. it's become a passion project, but like, can I turn it into a business in some way? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm think I'm kind of leveraging that as I'm in college, like figuring out like, okay, like it's not about how many connections can I build, but I'm just thinking about like, okay, are there enough strong ones there where I can maybe leverage one of them into Absolutely. a career out of college versus doing something like journalism, which wouldn't be like menial because like I enjoy creative writing, yeah. I enjoy photography, but it's like I'm balancing like, do I, do I want to pursue something with the degree I'm getting or do I want to like have the photojournalism, you know, side of it where it's like I can say, okay, I've taken photography classes and I've also got this great portfolio. So how many me. hours do you think average a week have you been putting into your business for the last eight years if you had to average it out? Um, if I had to average it out, that would be actually a really insane question to answer. Cause like it's sometimes I'll like, I'll have a set of photos. I'll take like 500, 600 photos from like a day or two, but I'll kind of already know the ones I want to go and edit. So like I'll spend a couple, couple minutes on like those five or 10, but there are other times where it's like, I don't know. And I'll spend as much as like four or five hours in one day sitting down and being like, okay, these yeah. are the ones I want to edit. And that's like, if I know who owns those cars, like, do I want to send them to them? Do I want to like DM them, text them? Like, how do I want to do that? And also like, I'm just changing little things because I become a bit of a perfectionist, obviously. Um, it's kind of like when you're around it for so much, you notice things after a while you wouldn't yeah. notice before. And it's like, I just want to like, I, I do care about the way my images look. I don't care about how I come off with people in terms of like, I don't want to look like a certain way, but I do want my images to like look decent relative to the camera I have. And so like, I'm spending time in Lightroom, like touching them up and like yep. editing them and all that kind of thing. Yep. So 10 years from now, if you can be in any position you could be, you know what I mean? There's no limitations, whatever. Where would you, where would you be? Uh, I would, I'd probably want to be like a photographer working with one of these big brands in the area, like whether it's like car related or not. Like, I just want to like, one of the biggest things I like about photography is like seeing the results of it, like seeing a happy client afterwards. Like that just like yeah. really like speaks to me. Cause it's like, you can see that like, just like something that others, other people see it as like pressing a button. But for you, you know, you're making an impact on the other side there. And yeah. that's one of those powerful things for me. So like if I'm in a position where I'm able to make that happen for like one or more people yeah. with like their major organization, like I, I can't even think of like where it'd be because I mean, five years ago, I didn't know I'd be here. And now from in 10 years, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, I just like I see myself in a place where it's like if I can make, you know, a, a lasting like impact with some of the work I'm creating in like five, 10 years, that's that's where I want to be. Do you know who I heard has a crazy collection and it kind of compliments and I think about like where you want to be and I'm already seeing it's like, you know, what, what I've what I've seen in, in, in business is it's not even really like the very intelligent individuals um, that that have the most success, but it, it seems to be the most resilient, like the most relentless, just the people that never quit. So it's like there, there could have been other pages and there absolutely was probably a million other pages, you know, built around cars or different things like that. The same time you built yours and it's like. People could be, they, they don't realize how far they can be and they will be as if they just show up every day and do a little bit, you know what I mean? Where some mm -hmm. days you do four or five hours and some days it's four or five minutes, but you know, over the years it's compound interest. You know what I mean? The eighth one of the world is compound interest is mm -hmm. watching that thing grow and explode where it's like maybe three, four years ago, you didn't realize you'd be in the position you are in now. Oh, definitely. And three, four years from now, you're going to be saying the same exact thing. But I think of like this crazy car collection and I don't know like how many, I don't watch any shows, but I remember hearing, I believe it's Jay Leno. Yeah, has he a is, massive, he is insane. like a massive car mm -hmm. collection. 
he has like, I, I don't know how he like wakes up and decides he wants to drive in the morning. He has like 100 to 150 cars. Insane. I've, I, I've never met anybody who knows him. I've, I've seen so many videos, like you said, Insane. Of, his, of his collection. But he's got like a $20 million McLaren F1. He's got like a McLaren P1. He's got some. <laughs> Dude, like, did you say this crazy? I did comment? see that comment. I've never, I've never been gay. I got nothing against gay people. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's definitely no, uh, there's definitely no viewers. <laughs> I'm I'm flaming my team. I'm gonna see if that was one of them. <laughs> they always say some crazy ass shit. Anyway, so Jay Leno, um, he's he's got. <laughs> he's got, he's got, got <laughs> I got the TikTok facing him, and someone's like, oh, "I remember when you were gay." <laughs> you, you seemed happier back then. You yeah. seemed happier back then. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I was like, "Who the fuck?" <laughs> I'm gonna have to beat the shit out of somebody. I have nothing against gay people though for this podcast. And oh, same two. here. Same here. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're over here. So we're good to hear. I'm on the same page about that. So yes. J Jay Leno. Um, his car collection is pretty insane. Um, he's definitely like one of the big like American names. You look know, at that kind of thing. Yeah. Because he's got like you know, like I said, McLaren F1 is kind of his like big thing. Like everybody yes. knows what those are because that was like up until the Bugatti Veyron came out. Yep. That was the fastest car in the world for like over a decade, and so that's what's kind of the, the fastest one. car in the world now. Uh, fastest car in the world right now is, I believe, the SSC Tuatara. It's something in the low two seventies. What brand is that? It's actually an American company based out of, I think, either Washington or Oregon. You're gonna have there, to send me a there, picture after a, this. There's a funny story surrounding that because they had a massive scandal last year where they uh, they somehow fudged like in car footage to show they'd gone like 330 miles an hour, which is like astronomical performance figure. And so they averaged like 310 or something to beat the old record of like, you know, low to low 260s, uh, high 260s, something like that. They blew an, a record out of the wire, like 40 miles an hour. And so some insane YouTuber named Shmi150, who I've actually also met uh, in the city, he did a massive like week long story. Like every day he'd uncover more and more evidence. And it's pretty bold for somebody in his position to be going after like a major automotive brand because yeah. he's like, he's one of the guys who like internationally, he'll be called out for all the big reveals like Lamborghini, Bugatti. Uh, BMW, you know, Bentley, like they'll invite him to, to see their new cars before yeah. they go, b before they even get revealed to the world, he'll make YouTube videos with them, yeah. hold, the, hold them under embargo and then release them. And so for him to be going after a brand like that, something has to be up. Yeah. And so they got like a huge scandal with that. But um, they actually did a, did a new record attempt. They did it legitimately. They had multiple different like VMAX recorders there to see the speed and they still broke the record, but it wasn't nearly as impressive, but that is the fastest car now. Now, and I'm thinking of like these YouTubers. Now, who's the coolest person you've met though out of doing all of this? What you mean, you mean coolest person? You mean like coolest like YouTuber, like I mean, celebrities? Those nah, like I mean like you connected with and they're like, dude, that's one of the coolest motherfuckers. Like the Steve guy gives me a really cool fucking Steve, vibe. Steve and, Steve and his collector manager, Tommy, are two really cool guys. But I would say like, honestly, my favorite person I've ever met. And I don't know if this is something you'd be familiar with, Aiden. Uh, you ever seen a catchy Tory Stadium? as a softball stadium over at DePaul and Lincoln Park. Um, yeah, actually, I think I have. I actually, so I was doing a, a photo shoot um, with this, like, uh, car called a Porsche Carrera GT. Okay. Uh, it's like, these days, the market says it's worth one and a half million, but that's bullshit inflation. It, it should be worth, like, you know, high six figures, like, low seven figures. It's not worth what it is worth today. But, you know, whatever. The market yeah. market will do what it does. But I, I was shooting one of those. It was actually, this is the last thing I did before COVID. And it was, like, my senior year of high school. I was, like, about to, like, make my college decision. And I was just kind of like, you know, the guy was asking me a little bit about, you know, myself um, and like what kind of what I'd done. And I, I knew his last name was like Cacciatore, but I hadn't made the connection yet. And so I started talking about DePaul with him. It turns out that his grandfather was the guy who donated the money for DePaul to have that 
uh, softball stadium built. And so wow. like, I was, so I'm sitting in the car. I, I knew who this guy was, but I had no idea that he was connected to that. And yeah. like, I told him that wasn't like my top choices academically. His eyes just lit up. And like for the entire rest of the day, he was telling me like some crazy stories about his time at DePaul. Yeah. And I was like, well, if he's able to get this excited about it and like, he's able to be in a position where he owns a car like that. And he seems like the community. I was like, I mean, that's not the only thing that sold me on it, but yeah. that's one of the big things that, you know, pushed me to go to DePaul. And he's a really cool guy. Like I've, I just, I get, like whenever I have someone to talk to, like we'll just go yeah. back and forth. That's dope. Now, what is what does he do himself? Um, so his family has major uh, a major real estate company in, yeah. in the city that they've had for I think over a century now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, it's Joseph Cacciatore and Co. Which like when you're driving into the city on a I forget which highway it is. There's one major highway. Like when you're driving into the city, you'll always pass their building on the right. Yeah. Uh, right before you go under. Uh, I don't remember the name, but I don't know the city very well despite living there. Yeah. Uh, now for college, but like you'll see one of their buildings. They also have, if you've ever been in the city and seen that uh, building that has like Kanye 2020 vision on the side, that's also one of his buildings. So he's like, just has, owns a couple like big buildings around the city. Does he have any dope cars? I mean, the Porsche. He's got the Carrera GT. Uh, he's got a Ferrari 458. He's got a Ferrari F8 coming in. They have an old Jaguar E type and they're big on their old Corvettes as well. They have three or four old Corvettes that they like restore. And, like like take the them 64. Yeah, the 64. They, they uh, I, I don't know if it's theirs or friends, but when I was with them the first time, there was a split window in one of their garages. If you know what those are, like the C2 split window. Which no. Is a bit like what is that? Here. Uh, it's basically like, like a, the C2 Stingray body, which we can put a photo of up if you're going to edit this for online. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe we can note that down when you're editing it. Yeah. We can put some um, up on YouTube. And basically, it's like they built a certain amount of these like Stingray style cars, like a, with like a, a line through the center. Um, okay. And it was just like a design thing they did, and people thought it was stupid back then, but now they're worth like crazy money, and they're involved with one of those now. Did you kinda... ever watch the like the Dukes of Hazard? No, that's, that's not a movie I've watched. No. The but the you know what I'm referencing yeah, car yeah, wise. The, the, the General is that a General Lee Charger? Is that yeah. the movie? Yeah, 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 dude, those old Chargers. I oh, love yeah. those are one of like my top three favorite cars. Like when I think of like, and I'm not as educated when it comes to cars yeah, as you are, but I have like general layouts of like I, my number one. I want to, I think it's Agera Connecticut. Yeah, you, you want Agera, Agera RS. RS. Good yes. luck finding those. There's 25 of them in the world, and they go one for to, a pretty penny now. More than the one to one. Uh, the one to one as of as of last year. Well, first of all, the guy kind of has an advantage with that car because he can he doesn't drive it very often, but he can drive it a bit and know that he's not gonna mess up the value because yeah. he you know there's only one on this continent. Yeah. There's only one build. Well, I don't know if there's one or two built in left-hand drive. There's basically none built for this market, so he can kind of set the market on that. And as of last year, he said he wouldn't accept under ten million dollars for it. Like if, yeah. if if there weren't eight figures in the price, he wasn't gonna say yes. Yeah. But even still, I know that he would because that's one of the cars he's so attached to. Yeah, but on a Gara RS these days goes for like six or seven million probably. Yeah, which is just like, you know, it's it's a lot of money, but like the, you know, the, the as the demand for those cars has gone up, and after they set the world record in 2017 for the fastest production car before SSC broke it, you know, they they had a lot of like fame related to that car, and so yeah. like any owner who had one of those, they're like, okay, I don't want to get rid of this, and if I if I am going to, you're going to give me your entire savings basically. Dude, this dude in our company, he just had a rebuilt, I want to say it's an old charger, but that's that would be like my next like go-to. For me, I love the sound. So like on the F-Type. Yeah, the old, the old V8 sound of an American car is just like. It's like unbeatable, dude. Yeah, it's like, it, it's just a sound like you'll never hear again as everything goes like electric and like full, like green. You're just, you're never going to see that again. It's insane. And so here, here it is. I think it's a Chevelle. What is? Is that a Chevelle? Uh, yeah, it looks like a Chevelle SS. Yeah, is that? And so a, he had it all rebuilt. Yeah, 
and it's it's beautiful. So that's like that's something I, I want to you know have in my collection one day. But so I guess uh, what are your? I mean, I, I'm asking the guy interviewing me uh, some yeah. questions. Uh, what are your top three dream cars? I guess. Yeah, definitely the Koenigsegg. I don't even know if I say it right. So I it, say it's Koenigsegg, but Koenigsegg. it doesn't matter. And then, dude, honestly, I keep seeing this uh, SVJ and it's gold, chrome gold wrapper out out here. I actually don't know if it's a wrap. There are fact. There, there, that was a factory color. Uh, there were two of them that went through Perillo uh, in that factory spec. So I don't know who has it out here, but there's a he that is it. Is it on Wisconsin plates? I it may have Wisconsin plates. If it's got maybe. Wisconsin plates, that's the dude who won the lottery up in Wisconsin. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And he just moved to Oakbrook. No, 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 no. But he he rips his shit all around this area because he has a good relationship with the Lamborghini dealer in Ogden, which that's actually another uh, company I've gotten very involved with over the years is uh, the the Perillo family. Damn, dude. So my uh, my uh, I guess like my my old partner, uh, he has a 720s, and his brother bought a Lamborghini through Perillo out here, the one right oh, down shit. the road, the Oakbrook yeah, Perillo. Uh, uh, Downers, yeah, yeah, Downers Grove. Yeah, yeah. So he bought a Lamborghini. He bought one of his first Lamborghinis off them. He's got a. I don't know what Ferrari he has, um, but he has a really big wheel shop. He, so they're out in Pittsburgh. So that's where okay. I started selling insurance yeah. was out in Pittsburgh. And uh, he's got a cool page for you to check out. If you're ever out there, you of course. shoot content, wheel connection. But I don't know. Sometimes he posts his Ferrari on here. I want to see what Ferrari he has because I want to say it's like a four. Whatever the hell you keep saying, four, four five, eight, four, eight, eight. Four, five, eight. They've been building the same design for 12 years and just calling it different things. It's kind of pissing everybody off, but this is the this is the 720s. So that's my buddy's oh, 720s. Oh wow, that's, it's got nice nice wheels on it. Yeah, yeah, he's that's got really dope sick. ass wheels on it. But with the F type, with me liking uh, like the sound, yeah, I ended up doing a resonator delete and a and a tune. It yeah. was a stage one tune. Did you? you uh, it was so loud. Did you put downpipes on it? We I didn't do nothing. Just a res delete really? and stage one tune, and it was one of the I got pulled over. At least three or four times in the last with six months of having it here. That's insane. Like like easily, and I just put a magnaflone. I'll show you the, on the on on the way out the truck. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound that loud though. Like I don't know what I if I should have said. Hey, look, I should. But I don't care that much. I, what I'm going to try to get in the spring is I'm going to try to get an R8, or I'm going to try to jump up to like an older Huracan, like a see if I can get like a. Yeah, the, you it, know how hard the market is though, right yes, now with cars. Yes, the market right now. What the it's, fuck it's, is going on with the it, market with it, the cars? It is, it is one of the actually. So I, I mean, this isn't something I've gotten into, but one of the first like major connections I made. Um, it, it was like I guess like there's kind of two favorite people I have to work with. My favorite like you know, non like automotive personalities, probably that Joey Cacciatore guy. But I would say my favorite person I've ever worked with um, is a guy named Cesar over at Perillo. Um, yeah. He, uh, I was at a, and I'll kind of get into like the Lamborghini thing in a little bit like the market. Yeah. But I first want to tell this backstory because like you mentioned Perillo and I have a long relationship, fortunately, with that uh, yeah. dealer group. Uh, so there was uh, 2000, it was, it was summer 2017, but I didn't make any money off this. So I didn't mention it as yeah. like, one of the biggest things that happened. Um, I think you have a picture of this car on the wall, actually, in your office. Uh, there were two Lamborghini Centenarios that got delivered. Yep. Um, in it, they built 20 coupes, 20 roadsters, and they were the only dealership in the world to deliver a coupe and a roadster side by side. And they posted about it the night before on Instagram. One of their saleswomen did. I saw it at like 10:30, and like I, you know, I never go crazy over like seeing cars. I was like, okay, two Centenarios, like that's never happened before. Like I want to go see that. And so I, I texted my grandpa at 10.30, praying he'd reply, and luckily he did. And so I managed to convince him, which, like, to this day, like, I, I thank him, like, almost every week. Cause it's, like, he is the, one of the main reasons, like, for being so supportive, like, that I'm where I yeah. am now. Because, like, uh, when I got there, um, this guy walks up to me. Because at that point, I was, like, 16. It's, like, I had a decent-looking camera. Because I'd bought a specialized lens by that point. 
And he comes up to me and he goes, you know, you seem like you know what you're doing a little bit. Can you show me some of the shots you take? And so I showed him one or two. He was impressed enough with them. Gave me his card, gave me his email. Um, and we just kind of talked for a little bit after that. Uh, so I, I don't hear from him for a bit, which is understandable. Cause like, you know, it just, it's one of those guys you meet, you know, yeah. like you just like, you know, you'll hear from every so often just saying like, Oh, like happy holidays, that kind of thing. Uh, in February of 2018, he texts me and he goes, Hey, next month we have a launch party for the, for the Urus. Like, cause at that point the Urus was new, like their yeah. big Lamborghini SUV. He texts me like, Hey, we have a launch party for this car and we have like our main photographer, but if you'd like to come on and do some like, you know, separate shots on the side, we, we'd be happy to have you out. Yeah. And so I'm 16 years old being invited to the launch party where like they have like big name clients here, you know, Mr. Prillo himself was there. He's, he's an insane guy himself. Um, and I'm 16 years old being invited to a Lamborghini launch event. And I'm just like, what is mind going blown. on? Yeah. I, I, I was mind blown. Like I texted my dad and he was like, there is no way that just happened. I, I showed him a text and he was like, okay, all right. And so yeah. it, it was like a, it was like a, a month away from it happening. And I was already like hyped out of my mind. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guy liked the shots from that. And so we just kind of like kept like going back and forth, you know, like within a guy's called months. And he get, he set me up with an internship in Downers Grove where I like did social media shots for them. And I just like did stuff around the showroom. Like I would stock up the refrigerator if we needed water bottles and stuff. I did that summer 2018. And then come January 2021 this year, because like he would he invited me to a bunch of like big rallies and stuff. I would get to go to the auto show and like shoot for them. But the big thing he did for me this year was in January of this year up until like late last month because there was like a new company they're bringing in and they have like some new like envelope they want everything to be under which is understandable but from january of this year to october of this year i was managing their social media pages like lamborghini gold coast in the city prillo bmw in the city and like just the the main like prillo auto group page it's like where they post about all their brands and they gave me access to those pages and i would get to like posts on them like my content that i've shot they would email me like corporate content and i would have to post like all the corporate stuff and I would go into their inventory warehouse like uh, once or twice a week and I would just shoot a bunch of stuff in there and I would take some stuff up to the roof because they have a pretty decent city view. You can see the Hancock building from their roof. And I would just kind of go up there and shoot and like get some content there. And so, you know, by doing that, that's kind of where the market thing comes back in. Like being there the entire year doing content this year from January to October, my God, the market's changed. Like this is one of the rare times where buying new is sometimes cheaper than buying used, Yeah, which makes no sense. Yeah. Like e even like they're even factoring in like if you order a, a Huracan Evo, which like they're like it's the, the modern version of the Huracan. It's like there's the old version. There's the Evo. It's like a facelift. You order a Huracan Evo these days. You have a $30,000 market adjustment factored in before you even spec it out. So you could buy a base ass white one with silver wheels, do nothing to the interiors, have it be like straight black. And you're still spending $30,000 more as if you put options on it just because of the market. It's insane. Yeah. You think it's going to go back down? Like, uh, one of the salesmen there who people are telling me that it's probably just going to oh, stay like it's, this. It's going to stay like this at least another year. Which yeah. Is, that's what, that's the popular thing. Like whether you ask a guy at a Toyota dealer or a Lamborghini dealer, their, their consensus is that we will see end of 2022, how the market's going to shake out. But for now, guys like you who want to jump into these entry level exotics this time last year, you'd be like, okay, great. Walk in, spend yeah. like 60, 70 K for an R8. Now it's like, okay, you're shelling out like, like what used to be a used Huracan for like a V8 Audi R8. Like I'm not saying those are bad cars for that money, but yeah. you're not getting what you used to be able to get for the same money. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all, dude. Especially like having to adjust and like look and be like, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge fucking difference. So I'm thinking whip wise. And now I'm thinking also, cause you're so passionate about this. I'm like, dude, this dude crushes this. What are your thoughts on, on college? Like, what are your thoughts on 
just basically the the whole whole deal with college. I've done a lot of studying on, on yeah. Um, so the, the big statistics. thing with college, it's the, the one thing I will say, and I'm sure you know Aiden knows is going to Paul. It's fucking expensive. It's like they they were nice enough to freeze tuition this year for one year, like what like sixty five thousand a year. So nice of them. But uh, overall, like it's for me, it's been a nice experience because I also am a college distance athlete. So it's like I yeah. in, in high school, I ran on one of the uh, one of the best cross country teams in the nation uh, for high school, and so I was fortunate enough to like be able to form a strong bond with my teammates. I yeah. was I wasn't always one of the best runners. Uh, senior year I was, but the year that we won state, I was like middle of the roster. So I was like, yeah. whatever. But, you know, we were a really talented team. And so I kind of came out of high school knowing that I wanted to study journalism yeah. and I wanted to run. And fortunately, DePaul offered me both those opportunities where I'm now on the cross country and track team. But even though I'm more of like a, a back of the roster walk on, I'm like, I'm starting to work my way up a bit. Now, have you studied the statistics of like subsidized, unsubsidized loans, how it all accrues and how it all affects you and then like also the unemployment rate uh from i did some studying in 2017-18 so obviously yeah. those statistics yeah. might be a little different yeah because with covid you know everything's yeah now. everything's yeah. got to be a lot different but i remember like the high school like a high school diploma which i have to a bachelor's degree the unemployment difference was about a two and a half percent difference mm -hmm. now the income difference was about 16 to 17 thousand dollars so with a bachelor's degree you make it about an extra 1500 dollars a month but but that was a, it's a two percent chance with a bachelor's yeah. degree opposed to a yeah. diploma to get a job. So I was like, why the fuck are these kids going and paying two hundred yeah, grand? No, that's that's a very valid point. Honestly, for me, one of the biggest things keeping me in college is like, I mean, it's not to say like I don't care about school because like I you know like I, I do my work like I yeah. turn, I turn stuff in on time because like kind of like having to deal with a client schedule throughout all of high school. I have a kind of like it's been instilling like meet your deadlines, get your shit done. Yeah. But uh, one of the biggest things keeping me in college, truthfully, is running because like yeah. we have a really like. What's your best mile? Uh, my best mile is from junior year of high school because I was injured freshman year of college and senior yeah. year of high school. My best mile is 433. My best mile is 501 on a treadmill. I don't know if you guys Damn. count that. I, I mean, it, it, nothing to do with a treadmill. 501, like not not two, not two more seconds, man. Where was that? I know. Well, Where, was I was that? So, Where was that? I was, dude, I literally had to talk myself through it so bad. I don't know if you do like, 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 mental talk with like running oh, trust me like when you're doing when you're in the middle of like a fast workout you're telling yourself like, like fast this pace. fucking sucks but just get through it yeah, yeah just keep pushing like yeah I, i'm a music guy anybody that like doesn't do music while they're working out i think is an absolute sociopath I'm like, okay so could I'm you a imagine sociopath. dude you can run a four minute mile with no music not for it's you can't run a four minute you can barely run a four minute mile to begin with but no, I, four, I, I, I can i, I can call run, it a four minute mile 430 what'd you say 436 430 i mean okay but the, the difference between 433 and four flat you think it's just 30 seconds it is like oh my years god years and years no I'm yeah, serious, no. it's years and years of training like, yes. i mean i know like it sounds yeah. crazy people aren't runners what's the like, fastest mile in the world shit i think it's like mid 340s i'm not mistaken which is like are you kidding me yeah that's like running like a like that's like running like think about that that's like running like four laps of a high school track like if it was like a track around a football field that's running like four laps of one of those in like 345 i i, I don't know whose name it is but some guy did something crazy dude yeah i'm about to look it up yeah, you gotta look up the mile yeah. i just like i you know i i hate to admit i'm, Three a, I'm what? a college runner 343 what's the dude's name is he black or is he Asian? <laughs> we're very culturally inclusive here. Moroccan. Moroccan. So we're that, gonna that go. That sounds about right. Those, those countries black. are very good, like Morocco, Kenya. Yeah, like they're they're very strong runners. Yeah, dude, that's insane. But yeah, no. So I like definitely one of the biggest things keeping me in college is just like that, running that running environment. Because yeah. like I like our team like. 
I mean, the Big East is a really because that's what DePaul is in. The Big East is a really strong cross country conference. So, so is that D one? That is D one. So so being top five in the Big East means something. And for the very first time this year, we finished fifth in the Big East, which is just like. So who insane. was the best runner on on the D, on the team? Uh, the best runner on our team this year was a kid named Shane uh, Kananishu. I have no idea if, if Aiden would have heard of him. He's uh he's on the front. He's got he's got his picture on our on our athletic center. And, well, uh, he, are you cool with him? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with him. He's he's one of the he's one of the team captains. He's a very very he's a he's more of a quiet guy, but he's also a very nice guy. I wonder if he'd be good on the podcast. I Possibly. don't know. What's I his best no mile? His his best mile, I believe, is four oh nine. I I that's I don't, insane. I don't know exactly. Who was the best female runner? Best female runner is a girl named Olivia Brobiak. Uh, she she's last year she broke a five k record and been standing for like thirty something years. Oh my god! What's her fastest mile? Uh, I honestly, I don't, I don't know much about our girls team. Unfortunately, I, yeah. I, I, I hate to admit, but like I couldn't just rattle off stats like yeah. off the top of my head. Like I, I yeah. know that like they put in the work and like yep. they have good results. Our coaches are happy with, but I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head like yep. where they're at. You know, what's a running shoe you use? Uh, I run in Nike. There's actually an old pair of running shoes I have. These are the okay. Epic Reacts. But these days I run in the Pegasus 37. Is it important to have a good running shoe? Yes. Um, I mean, if you're doing it like as more like a, I don't want to say like a hobby, but if you're doing it more like as just like a passion, like you are, you don't have to have like the crazy shoes. But if you're like pounding the pavement, putting like yeah. 50, 60, like that, that Shane kid puts in like, you know, 95 mile weeks over summer training. Like if you're putting in insane weeks, you got to have something that's going to, like, you couldn't be wearing those J's. Like, you got to yeah. have something that's going to, like, treat your feet right. Yep. And so, you, people, we're in Nike school. We run in Nike shoes mainly. But you've got to have, like, even within Nike, you have to know, like, okay, which shoe is best. Now, you you follow any runners on Instagram? Like, I follow, like, Dave. They're not, like, avid runners. Like, they're motivational people. But, like, yeah. David Goggins runs a shit ton. Mm-hmm. He's an ex-Navy SEAL. Awesome dude. He's good for motivational mm-hmm. content. You should check it out. And Cameron Haynes. Those are my two I guys that I follow that run Cameron a lot. Haynes. I'm not, but uh, I do follow quite a few avid runners. Uh, he'll do of, like 20 mile days. Oh, it's like consistently. Yeah, like he'll insane. do, he'll do yeah. like hundred mile weeks as you're talking about this. And I'm like, yeah. and he'll work a job kind of like you go to school yeah. and then he'll just log a 20 mile day. Yeah. I mean, you think of it, it's a three hour. So it's like be like a gym dude doing a three mm. hour, Damn. three, four hours. I mean, so. it, I feel like it, it regardless of how fast you're running if you're putting in that mileage like everybody's working even if you're like regardless of how fast you're going everybody's working relatively the same what do you because, do for cramps as a runner like that that you know you like in a race and you just have like cramps you just kind of like or like what if you're like so like you're putting in a big week like a 70 80 90 mile week like if your muscles start to cramp and fatigue and, and start certain things like throughout the week like I, I remember maybe it was just like i was building up to it but like once i started to do a couple miles per week like my body was adjusting and like sometimes my calves would start to cramp up or yeah. like i would you know what i mean like my my mm. hamstrings yeah i mean we're fortunate enough to have a very like uh like strong training room like the trainer yeah. the trainer we work with is probably the most like uh our coach says he is the only one uh she's the only one that he would call a genius in the school and so we're fortunate like if we have some <laughs> if we have some that's like really well i mean just cause, like the professors well, no because like because like every, every trainer knows what they're doing but yeah. she, she's like no matter what sport it is she can work with them like diagnose what it is like right away and like get down to the bottom of it like yeah i, I like i had an ankle sprain last year i miss ankle yeah and you know like i tried like my my doctor out in this area uh, over in, like westmont he didn't like he gave me some stuff to necessarily work for it she looked at it and she's like okay we're gonna mob you today and i'm like what does that mean she's like it's just like a way of saying like mobilize i'm like what okay. she's she about to mob my ankle okay yeah and so she started like bending it way like i didn't know you could like twist an ankle that way and i was like what is she doing w- within a week she had it fixed it was, yeah. it was crazy ankle sprain like for six weeks a guy out here could not fix and he's like he's a good sports medicine doctor like he he's worked on like a bunch of my old teammates in the past from high school but for whatever reason he just could not solve this and within a week she has this crazy ankle sprain fixed 
That's insane, and I, so bro. I, I've experienced firsthand, like, she is just, like, she knows what she is doing. That's insane. And so, like, if we have, like, something that's, like, really, like, tight or if we have, like, a, a minor, like, pull, she'll just, like, you know, put some, like, you ever heard of cupping? It's kind of like where you, like, yep. uh, yeah. yeah so one, she, of our, one of our guys does yeah, cupping so, here. So, she'll, oh, that's, that's funny. You guys have, like, an insurance company. You guys, guys doing cupping? That's funny. I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, we do a lot. We do a lot. Well, our company, we build it, so, you know, being 100% commission and we're hiring 1099 individuals, 80% of our focus is on people putting a significant amount of time and energy into their self-development. So we're really big into reading, working out, taking care of your body, mm. more of like the consumption side of things of like, what are you putting into you? Cause so you can sustain yourself and really yeah, make be successful. Cause you're a hundred percent fucking commission. So you don't make any money if you don't sell anything. So we're really big into self-development copying. I do, I do every day I'm doing, you know, I hit the gym every day and then I'll do uh, sauna, steam room, Cold tub, then shower and head out. Yeah, head out here. we have a. I don't know if we have a sauna. We have like an ice bath and like a hot it's tub. Like an in ice our, bath. Yeah, in, in yeah. our place. Uh, and so yeah, like if we just have something like that, it's like really bothering us. We'll just go see the trainers. Yeah. But I um I'm not. I, I actually have one of the lower mileage. Like I I hit like at my peak last cross season. I was in like 55 a week. Yeah. Uh, I was like one of the. I mean, again, not like sell myself short, but I was like the more back of the roster kind of guys. Like yeah. recovering from this major sprain freshman year. Like I have like a lot to get back under my legs, and so. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with how progress has been. Going What's your this. goals to finish running up wise for your collegiate career? Uh, so I have two more years of eligibility left because I didn't like with COVID. I was just like, I didn't bother redshirting freshman year. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I want to do a fifth year of school because like you said, it's expensive. And also like there's things I could be doing out there. It's so, like, I'm not yeah. intending to go for a fifth year. And so I've got two more years left of cross three more years of track. Cause the season starts up uh, beginning of next year. Yeah. And I would like to be, around four flat in the 1500 which is like a the, for a full mile that's like a 416 417 roughly yeah uh, i'd like my 5k to be somewhere around 26 flat which i have a ways to go there not only my 5k my 8k pardon me if you're running a 26 flat 5k you could like run that with like very minimal training because that's like not that's like not that fast but i would yeah. like my 8k to be was like just under five miles i want that to be like 26 flat um on my 5k i mean i don't know that's only a track race maybe somewhere around like I don't know, 15, 15. So um, what's the best way to like decrease your your numbers for long distance running? Is it just more running? Like it, yeah, honestly, it just it is more like volume where like you, like we put in like crazy tempos. Like I like uh, just a tempo. It's like, like a, treadmill running or go no, out. No, it's like run. going out and running. Okay. Uh, you hit like, like how do you push your like I feel like treadmill pushes me way more because it's like forcing me to do it opposed to well, treadmill is more like a form thing because like it forces you like when you're out running, obviously like you're going fast, like you might trip occasionally, like which is how I fucking yeah. sprain this. But if you're running on a treadmill, like it keeps you going fast because you're like if I step wrong, like I'm going off this thing and I'm like yeah. going to be tumbling on the floor. So like, I think mentally you're like, okay, I got to be up straight, got to be running. But like when you're outside, like you were saying like, how do you like, just like push yourself? Yeah. Like, like maintaining the, maintaining the consistency. Cause I can think like being outside, like I feel like it's hard compared to like a treadmill for you to like, can sit like a treadmill. Like you're saying, like you're mentally, like you're, psychologically yeah. just forcing yourself because yeah, you mentally, know you're like if, if i step wrong like if i let up and like i don't hit the settings like yeah I, i'm falling off this bitch like that's, yeah. not, that's not gonna go well for me so uh when you're outside you're thinking more just like okay like you're thinking like you don't want to let yourself down like you want to finish the workout hit the goal times like if yeah. you're running in if you're running in a pack with your teammates the big thing is like you want to be pushing them and you don't want to come off as like being like soft and again like we're, we're very supportive like if somebody's having an off day we don't like criticize them for it we just like we help them through it but you know, we just like try to push ourselves because we know we're working for a team. We're working for something like bigger than ourselves. And yeah. that's kind of like something that we like think about as we're working out. Yeah. But it, it's hard. The first couple workouts, like for me, especially coming off a sprain, like figuring out what that pace is without killing yourself. Yeah. Because there were a few workouts like in early September of this year where I admit 
that I was a bit overzealous where I would like go out really fast. Well, not like that fast, like like 540 miles. Like it is fast, but it's not like, yeah. it's not race pace. I'll put it that way. And I would think, okay, I can hold 540. I'd be like one and a half miles in like a four mile workout. I'd be dead. I'd be like, okay, well now I have to like do like the, the run of shame back. It's like, okay, I, I killed myself, went out too, out too fast. But you kind of just like, you kind of figure it out. And like you, between like working with the guys who are like very supportive and also with like- Does your diet affect your running? Oh, 100%. Um, what do you try to eat? What do you try uh, not to eat? Well, I, I try to use as much protein as possible. The thing is I have a peanut and tree nut allergies. So with like a lot of like, uh, obviously like peanut butter is a big source of protein. Like I can't eat that at is all. Is it anaphylactic shock? Yes, anaphylactic shock. That's I, what I, I had I going on. I have an EpiPen in my, in my bag actually in yeah. the other room. Um, the epinephrine. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had to use it? Uh, yes, when I was three years old. Uh, my for Halloween, like my parents, like I was just I was starting like my teeth were fully developed. And they're like, hey, you can like try a peanut, and like I I hold nothing against them for that because like they didn't know like there yeah. was no history of it in our family. I'm I'm, I'm the first yeah. one. I have a peanut within like an hour, like hot. Like I don't remember any of it because I was three. Uh, but I have like I think a scar up there from where, like the hives didn't go away. Um, I I like my eyes started swelling up, like my throat closed, like I had hives everywhere. Yeah. And my mom was like, she had no idea what it was. So she took me to the hospital. Turned out. You know, I was diagnosed with a peanut allergy and yeah. I've lived with it ever since then and knock on some wood here. Uh, I haven't had anything happen since I was three years old. And That's I'm, now, awesome. I'm not 20. So we're going yeah. on Halloween this year was 17 years out of reaction, which again, yeah, knock on some wood. But um, yeah, so that's something that like, kind of limits me. The other thing that limits me is my apartment. Uh, I, I have an apartment that's like close to it's close to campus. Like it's like it's on Sheffield, uh, Aiden, right by the, the Ray. I don't know. You ever go to the Ray in Lincoln Park? Yeah, so I, I live like a block or two from the Ray. And so I um I'm very fortunate to have that location. Yeah. Problem is the appliances are ancient. Like they're probably from when the building was built. It's so like we don't have anything digital and like half the burners don't work, which is no fault against the landlord. It's just like it's old appliances not gonna work. And like yeah. in order to reinstall it, you'd have to get so many other things up to code because things would be brought to attend. Like there's no like elevator or ramps in our building, and it's like they there's so much stuff they would have to redo if they yep. were going to do something because like the city would be like oh you can't do this without doing that it's just like they just do everything it's hard to cook protein stuff because you never know if you're going to be able to cook it all the way yeah because you don't know if the oven's going to be able to get up to the full temperature but like, i guess that's partly my fault it's like i mostly just like eat, like eat like microwave chicken or like i'll occasionally make steaks if i think i'm going to trust the burner that night yeah but, um it definitely is tough but i just like I try to eat as much like fruits and vegetables as possible. At least like I'm getting something healthy. In. What are you trying not to eat? Obviously, other than your allergy. Uh, well, I mean, a big thing for me is like I started to avoid more salty foods because like obviously like when you're when you're working yourself in high school versus college, like the volume is so much bigger, and it's it's a transformation I get used to freshman year. And so yeah. I've noticed like the more salty foods you eat, like obviously like salt takes away the water in your body, and so I try to eat as I try to eat more minimal salty foods, which is which is tough because like, a lot of that's what tastes good, but I have to like limit myself there because like if you go too crazy on that no matter how much water you drink you're gonna wake up the next morning and you're just like gonna be in that workout and you'll be like i feel dehydrated and it's not just from the heat yeah because you kind of like i don't want to say like that we're immune to it because like obviously like, if it was a 90 degree day you're you're, you're gonna suffer but like yeah. we build up a certain i don't want to call it, like immunity to the heat but we build up like some resilience with it where it's like if it's like 80 degrees out we're not gonna like bitch about it that much like we're yeah. gonna admit like hey like we know what's how we're working out but uh, like I'm one of those days, like the, your dehydration might catch you by surprise. It may not just be the heat. If yeah. you eat like too much salty stuff, cause you just have no water in you. Yep. So That's, what do you think is like the best thing for you for recovery and being able to like withstand and do all of the running? Well, the biggest thing for recovery is like something that uh, I will say that like I try to do on the team. Like there's some guys who can recover faster. I can't recover at anything above like below like a seven fifteen mile. Like it for me to truly feel recovered. Like 
um and this isn't like every everybody on our teams i usually run more like solo on these kinds of days like i need to recover solely because like i need like aerobically it's not just like your legs because you can like just go get cup and stuff like that which i do a lot like aerobically i I feel recovered yeah and that's kind of a big thing um now how did COVID affect everything for you That affected me multiple ways, I will say, because uh, freshman year in the dorms uh, at DePaul, a lot of the people last year, uh, Aiden, you were a freshman last year, probably know a lot of people didn't live in the dorms. It was basically just like athletes and like the lucky few who got in because of whatever they bullshit they said in their applications. Uh, so it was like the, we had no roommates, no suite mates. So out of the four people you could have in your room, there was only one person in your room. And for the first two weeks of winter quarter, we had to basically like stay in our rooms the entire two weeks. Like we were doing virtual school. You couldn't even go to the front door to get fucking DoorDash delivered. Like, if you ordered something, they'd have to bring it up to you. Or in some cases, they wouldn't let you order stuff because they wouldn't open the door for somebody to come in. And so, like, when you're stuck in that for two weeks, I was injured at that point, too. So once I got out, I couldn't run. We had to have masks on at practice, so you couldn't, like, have the same, like, practice environment. Yeah. So just mentally, like, freshman year was such an adjustment for me, like, getting used to all of it. Because, like, COVID, like... I mean, COVID took me out of like certain like recovery stuff because like I couldn't go to certain facilities because I didn't feel comfortable having like non-COVID yeah. patients in certain like hospital facilities. Like I could have used like a PT center for like my ankle, which like the trainers were helpful with. Like they don't have a full PT place now. Obviously, it's more like they give me exercises I do like at my. Did place. you know anybody that was like really badly affected by it? Uh, I mean. At DePaul, I can't. Well, it was more. It's like there was. Uh, I forget which team it was. There was one team that had like. Uh, one of their guys went to like a bar to go celebrate um, his uh, girlfriend's birthday, and he brought COVID back to at the team. I forget which team it was. Like, but he I'm didn't per- die. Like you no, don't. No, no, you, no, no, did no. you know anybody that died from COVID? Fortunately, I do not. And again, yeah, there's a new COVID. variant going around. Knock on some wood. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get into the debate of COVID. I don't want to talk about any of that shit. Oh, okay, because like, that's where I was going. I just wanted to know no, your thoughts on oh, it, no, your of opinion. Just, just like the, the, the politics of COVID. It's like I hate how it's become like, oh, like left, right. Like just yeah. shut, shut up about it and just like let's let's deal with it at this point. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm fortunate to know nobody who's died from COVID. Yeah. I, I've known some people um, who had like some pretty tough times with it. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my friends in like April, like, like the, the month after it happened, one of my good friends uh, was put on a ventilator and I was like, what's going to happen to him? Cause like at that point, like everybody yeah. was scared about it. It wasn't like this thing where it's like, Oh, like what are your political views? Like everybody was concerned about it. And it's like within the first month of it becoming a thing, like yeah. he was in a ventilator and I was like, all right, like what is going on? Here? Yeah. Uh, he turned out to be fine. He's good now. He's, he's out walking. He hasn't had any of the long COVID symptoms like you can have, but no, one of the biggest impacts I've, I've seen personally, it's just like, I, I've seen the impacts like one person brings it back and something something goes down. Yeah. Like half of again, I forget which team for the life of me, but half of a team went down last year. Yeah. And ultimately get, I haven't known I haven't known anybody to be like really negatively like aside from like a like a cold. So like that's why I'm always yeah, curious because we course. see all of these crazy things on the media of like everyone's dying this that and the yeah, other. No, and then I, they, I do know a guy who's been on a ventilator though. Where yeah. It's like, it, it does get that serious. Actually, yep. one, one of the Downers Grove commissioners, I don't know if you heard about it, was on a ventilator for a long, long time. He just Damn. came back um, a couple months ago to start like doing his stuff. But it happened like Christmas of last year. I think he got out in like June or July. Now from the statistics that I've read on, it's usually individuals that are a little overweight. That yeah, are experiencing yeah. worse of it. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, definitely it is. Uh, it's a pandemic of the. The, the media will tell you it's a pandemic of the of the unvaccinated. Yeah. Mainly, I mean, I, th- I I will I will I go both ways on it. I think like yes, like uh, again, like I'm not trying to get into the politics of it. Me I, either. I, I hate I, politics. I, I personally, I'm vaccinated. So do what you will with that information. Yeah. But again, like I also acknowledge like there was a certain thing where it's like if you are 
overweight, there is again, like I'm not fat shaming here. That's, yeah. not, that's not what I'm doing. But like if you are overweight, there are certain things you're more susceptible to. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. Because like your immune system, well, the number isn't, one killer, it isn't as ready to fight. The number one killer in the world is heart disease. It's mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean. It's not like yeah, any of these like pandemics or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I'm always curious to. I'm always for me, it's very like it's an open minded perspective. I yeah, want to. I want to see like how do you think and and what's your perspective? Where yeah. I think where people get into the the wrong areas they almost pretend to be open-minded get someone else's opinion just to attack them yeah like I've the, never, it's kind of like you say you're open-minded but then like you watch me so, on the media and it's like okay well if you don't agree with that you're yeah. you're, 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 dead you're going to, to hell yeah. yeah crazy shit and so as we as we you know bring this thing on home um more things that i'm that i'm thinking of as, as we're sitting here and that i want to bring out and uh-huh. i'm thinking like you know, we talked about kind of the past, the present, the future, and kind of dived into education and things like that. But I want to kind of get in more of like, you know, what's on your mind and, and things you want to like that we haven't pulled out that maybe you're thinking like, you know, what whether that's with the with the cars, with the education, with running. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of good content so far. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think like you're gonna put me on the spot here because we've covered a lot of what I wanted to cover. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, I mean, I guess one of the other things I will say is it just like this past summer um, it was kind of like the culmination, I feel like, of everything that I've kind of been like, I don't want to say working towards, but like it, it felt in a way like it was kind of like the culmination of like everything I've worked on in the past five years kind of like came to fruition. Yeah. Um, so I, in 2019, um, I was connected by somebody who turned out to be a fraud um, who claimed he was connected to the owner of that Konex like I was talking about. Like yeah. I, I shoot it for the, I shot for that owner. I said, shoot it. I'm, I'm, I'm a journalism major using incorrect English. Um, so I, uh, I, I shot for this guy in 2020. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy in 2019 who went out to all the big photographers in the area who claims to be the collection manager for that guy. Now there is speaking of Hamilton, he has a collection manager who I know very well. I don't even know what the fuck a collection manager was Basically, until he told it, me. It, it's somebody who just like looks after your cars, like make sure they're like, you know, if they have to go to service and the guy's busy, like he'll take them there. Or, yeah. Like he tracks the mileage on them to see how far they've gone a certain week. Uh, like if, if one car has been being driven too much, maybe you like put that one away. It's like, you don't like kill it too early. It's like you can enjoy it with more longevity. But there was a guy who claimed to be this guy's collection manager, which turned out to be not true. But up until like July, nobody knew. So for two months, he was going out saying whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah. And one of the things he did was connect was get me to connect him with this guy out on the East Coast, a different guy than I was talking to with the YouTuber earlier. But he um connected me with this guy. He got me to connect him with this guy out there about bringing some of the guy's cars to the shoot that they have. Uh, on Instagram, uh, if you follow Sparky18888, um, he's a big collector. He has three Paganis. He has one of the 25 Agara RSs. Um, he's also got a... And is he around here? No, he's in Connecticut. He's okay. also got a couple of uh, Lamborghini Aventadors. One of them is the only Lamborghini with blue carbon fiber in the world. And Do- he... Um, oh, sorry, you can... Doesn't Hamilton have a Countach? Yes. He was offered a chance to get the new Countach, and he actually flew out to New York for it through Perillo. I was kind of like one of the guys who like... Uh, I heard they're doing a new Countach. How many yes. are they going to do? Uh, they're building 111 of them, and I believe... Are any coming to Chicago? The lottery winner is getting one. Uh, Hamilton had a chance to, but he passed because he didn't think it was worth two point something million. He also, there was no wing on it. He likes his wings. If you talk to him, you will learn that... On wings a car, on, on a like car, the, he, the tail, you yeah, mean? Like, just okay. like, like a big like a big spoiler wing yep. type thing. He likes those. He likes putting aftermarket wheels and stuff. And the, the new one... It felt kind of like an Aventador, which he ha- he he has an Aventador. Uh, you'll learn he hates his Aventador, even though it was one of his first supercars. Um, and so he didn't like what it was based off of. He didn't like the price. He didn't like there was no wing on it. He just didn't go for it. But he yeah. had a chance to buy one. Um, 
But yeah, so speaking of like uh, Lamborghinis, the guy out in Connecticut has two of them. He got the only Lamborghini in the world with factory blue carbon, like where Lamborghini themselves like tinted the carbon fiber blue because you can have it modified to be that. But, you know, from factory can mean something. Yeah. And so he got me to connect him with this guy who like he hosts like there's this charity event uh, out in Connecticut called Dream Ride. Yeah. And uh, it's like a it started as something from a Special Olympics like the you know, they would get a bunch of supercar owners together. Uh, on the polo fields out in Farmington, Connecticut, and they would kind of like host a massive like charity event where it's like, yeah, well, we, we, they raise money for the Special Olympics. They take all like the they call them the Dream Riders. Like they take their the Special Olympics kids out in the out for rides and these crazy cars. Yeah. It's like just give them a weekend to remember. Um, and so he got me to connect them with the guy who hosted like, a crazy party at his house called the Castle, which is like it's it's very it's actually very unfinished inside. It's like yeah. maybe half done, but like from the outside, it's so a, you were up in Connecticut it's, doing it's, all it's this. It's a mind blowing property. And so uh, I'm gonna get to that in a second. It's kind okay. of a long backstory. Uh, so he, I I connected this fraudulent guy with these people for 2019 with the intention of getting them into this party. About a week or two before the shoot is when it comes out that hey, this guy is not legit. So I I apologize to them. And then privately, the dude messaged me who knows the owner of the house. He said he was like, hey, you know, I feel bad. You put in all this work. You've been a good, honest guy. You've been upfront about like everything that you think you're connected with. And he was like, hey, do you want to come out anyway? What the hell? And I was like, uh, OK, like because I, I, I was going to be an important guy there because I would have like connected them with this crazy like big guy in the area. But at that point, I was like, OK, I'm just some at that point. I was 17. I was like, I'm some 17 year old photographer like from Chicago coming out. And I was like, okay, like if you're willing to have me, I will come out. But you know, I looked at it and it was going to be a, it was going to be, we were going to fly out there. It was going to be a 36 hour trip. And with saving up for college and also kind of like looking into like new camera equipment, I was like, I don't know if I want to be spending this money now. It was a cool opportunity, but I, I ultimately said no. The plan was to go in 2020. COVID hit. They, 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 they only hosted the party with people from the area because Connecticut, New York, they had some of the strictest COVID stuff. Yeah. This summer, uh, I had a chance to go again. And I planned a road trip with two of my friends from the area. And it was one of the craziest weekends of my life. And it was like, I was there because what this party is, it's like the, the, all the manufacturers like Bugatti, Pagani, Koenigsegg this year, uh, didn't do anything because there was a hurricane that hit. So the last day was canceled. And so the cars they were going to bring to this guy's party were needed at the main show. But like all of these big hypercar manufacturers, like they sponsor the show. And it's like their big East coast event of the year. And, you know, it was like being on the driveway where it's like you, like everybody there is somebody. And it's like just being like being a, a normal 19 year old kid in the driveway with like, cause I, my birthday was like a week after uh, being in the driveway with like these n like uh, crazy, crazy, like millionaires, billionaires. So like, I didn't even know who they were, but like the cars are on that driveway. Never seen anything like it. There were seven Bugattis there, uh, four Ferrari LaFerraris, probably like almost, a, almost a dozen Paganis. Have you ever seen that YouTube video of like the prince from another country in the LaFerrari and he's just wrecking it everywhere? Yeah, the dude in Beverly Hills, the yellow one, yeah. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and he's just like, but he he has like uh, police immortality or something. Yeah, he's got, so, so they couldn't charge him. All they could do was just say you're not allowed back at the hotel. So they just told him he couldn't park his cars nearby where it was. And that's all he could do. And he just went to a different hotel and parked in there. It was so what fucking the hell? But no, this this place in Connecticut was insane. There actually there, there was uh so his, his La Ferrari was yellow and it's a pretty rare car yeah. in that color. There were two yellow La Ferraris in this one driveway. Dude, what the and hell? And this was like the most like insane weekend of my life. Now, probably, who was who was the richest person there? Oh, 
I don't no fucking idea. know. I mean, like, it's just like, because, I mean, you're seeing these cars and you're like, you have no idea who owns them. Because, like, yeah. so some of the guys are on Instagram, but they only talk cars. Like, yeah. in this area, I kind of have more of an idea as I've, like, worked my way up. Like, I know guys like Steve and guys like the one-to-one owner. And, like, Ken Griffin's kind of, like, the top because he's the richest guy in the state. But, yeah. you know, you know who the rich guys are in this area. But in Connecticut, I'm like, okay, it's Connecticut's a hedge fund state. I'm willing to bet most of the guys are involved in that because, like, it's the old East Coast money, yeah. that kind of thing. But it's just like the the people that were there were really nice, and they they they're gonna invite me back next year, I believe, which is gonna be incredible. Um, and just like the fact that I've got to be involved with that through something that turned out to be fraudulent, but then they kept me on because they believed in me yeah. for this year. It was like that felt like being able to be at an event like that with the page that I built is just like that feels kind of like the culmination, even though I'm gonna still keep building of everything that I've kind of worked for. Like that was the first time in my life where I felt like. I'm building something that's being like recognized, not just yeah. like, Hell like yeah. it, it felt like not like there's a weight on my shoulders. Like I have like, I have a bit of a presence now that like, uh, you know, I'm like I said, like I'm a normal kid who like people gas up quite a lot. Yeah. And, like I've gotten to the the point where it's like, I'm looking at myself now as like, I've become something or it's like, I, I, I'll have people like in September and October after I got back from that event, I had people approach me at car shows like, how did you get into that guy's event? And I was like, uh, I, I, I. I helped a guy who wasn't legit get into, I, I was like, I don't know what to fucking tell you guys, but it's just like the fact that that something like that happened when I was still like young enough where it's like, I don't feel like I'm like in my, in my thirties already where it's like, okay, you're yeah. kind of like past your prime, so to speak. Uh, just like for that to have happened, it's just like mind blowing. And it's that's insane. kind of like, th- that's the one thing we didn't touch on was kind of like, it feels like everything came together at that point. Now outside of your passion, do you have any other like hobbies? Like, like things you're like, that's like a go-to. Like for me, I like movies. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing outside of work, working out and eating. Just, just movies. Hop, eating is a hobby. I like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is what it is, man. I mean, you're, you're like kind of like I a mean, food connoisseur. Yeah, I like, yeah. I oh, like oh, to, so you kind of like you like going to different. Yeah, like I've gone to stuff. all, like any nice restaurant in Chicago you can name. I've probably been there. Just you've been in, okay, the one restaurant I'm curious about. You've been in Nobu. Yeah. I'm curious, what's your thoughts on that? I, I know. Again, I'm, I'm asking the interviewer yeah. questions, but like, it's really expensive. Is it worth the price? Uh. I didn't think so. I mean, it was good. I didn't think so. I'm like a really big dessert guy. Um, I think still like I just go to the Capitol, like that Capitol Grill yeah, right Capitol here. It, I, it's I've real consistent. It's, it's real good. easy. But I've I've done like every everything down there. I there was uh, one place dinner dinner probably cost me three or four grand. It was really hopefully you weren't alone. Yeah, well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, we had <laughs> like five, sad, we had like Bill. five or six people, okay. but. But, uh, and I forget the fucking name of it, but I've been to the rooftop place, the 95th or 96th yeah, floor. Yeah, the rooftop of the 95th or something like that. Getting there a couple of times. Food, it's all right. It's a good look. Yeah, it's all right. It's I'm, a good yeah. view. Um, I can't think of the place where I, you know, we dropped some bands. Um, but it was good. That was like number two. But I like the Capitol Grill over here. They take care of me. I got a wine locker there. And they'll come over and shit like that and bring mm-hmm. food over. But it's like, so it's the hospitality and the consistency and then the ease. I hate traffic and shit. So like, I rarely come oh, down you to the would city. Hate, yeah, I was going to say, you would hate the city. I hate, yeah, I rarely come down On there. On top of the traffic, people drive like idiots. Like, it, that's yes. the thing. I was like, when I was uh, interning at Gold Coast, I was one of the porters who, like, if my boss was listening to this, like, this definitely did not happen 100%. This is like, I'm just yeah. telling this for effect. Uh, one of the porters offered me a chance to drive, like, one of their, like, Uruses over. We're just like just the gas station like a yeah. half mile up the block and i was like i was like thanks for the opportunity if it was in the suburbs of downers i would have said yes because they have a location downers too that's that's the other place. i stood on top of a nurse on a highway going 80 miles per hour in miami that is insane we, we rented say, that's, that sounds i was like you were either in miami or you were in la we were somebody, miami. somebody was recording you yeah we rented a, a, a urus or urus it's pronounced urus, urus. whatever it we, rented an, it, we rented an urus we, ever since i started selling this and started selling insurance i started renting lamborghinis the, mm-hmm. my love for cars 
semi started with my dad uh, before he went to jail. Both my parents went to jail. I grew up broke as fuck, kind of like this, you know, the Steve guy. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was from it, it wasn't as like his parents going to jail. It was like they didn't have enough to make ends meet because yeah. four people. Uh, anyway, whatever. So you're telling your backstory. Yes. Now. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully I'll get this dude on the podcast yeah, yeah. and I'll get his story. But so. He had a Corvette, though, before he went away. So he had a Corvette, and that was like a little seed. And then it wasn't until my interview with this company, and this was at the point, like, we were so poor. Like, you know, we were food bank lines, all that. You know what I mean? The whole nine. And I go to this interview, and I'm like, dude, I have a high school diploma. I was expelled. I have an online high school diploma because I finished being expelled in the 10th grade. Yeah. I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I got this PA Cyber high school diploma. I got nothing going for me, and I got this automated response email from a sales company. I was like, let me go check this out. Go in there with this cheap hand-me-down suit, and this big fucking dude on roids just does my does my interview, and he's like, you know, what do you know about selling insurance, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, step outside. Let's go for a ride real quick. And he pulls around in a Maserati Grand, is it Grand Turismo? Yeah, 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 just a two-door Maserati. I the think last, it was like 16, opinion, the 17. last great Maserati. Now they've gone to shit. Like that Levante. I'm, again, my, my boss yeah. is listening. Sorry, because we sell those. I don't like those. Yeah. They're, I mean, they feel like Chrysler. Anyway, so like the, the Grand Turismo was one of the last great Maseratis, in my opinion. It was the nicest fucking thing I'd have been to up up until that point. Yeah. And I was so hungry and sold, dude. And I got I got in. And then it really went to another level where I was about in a year into selling insurance. And then my manager was at the 720S now. So essentially, like, he taught me everything in the business. His name's Brody. Uh-huh. He's going to absolutely love this. He's, in, he's obsessed with cars. So he's actually close with a dude that's got an SVJ and a Jet. So out in Pittsburgh, that's so that's, that's a, yeah, it's kind of like a step up there. You probably know people with jets though, with all these fucking these billionaires you're talking I've about. I've never been in one. I've never asked to go in one. Like again, I'm not about like flexing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was, I was, everything I didn't touch on. I was like, I'm not about like flexing. Like yes. I do some crazy shit. But, it's like, organic I, and I passionate. It. Yes, it's yeah. organic and passionate. Exactly. I love that, and that's what's make that's what's making you pop is just working in those two realms right there. So, and then so a year year into being in the insurance industry, and he was about four years in, and he got uh, an F type. So he yeah. got an F-Type and it was black. And then he put like these these custom wheels on it because his brother does a wheel yeah. shop and they were like like bronze kind of gold. And uh, just the pop and how loud, how fast. Like I remember being yeah. in the passenger seat and the F-Type felt fast. It was, yeah, yeah. it was an F-Type R. So it was probably like 500 horsepower where the F-Type. Only 500, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. O- only 500. But I think of his no, McLaren. Yeah. But I think of his McLaren and his McLaren has, a, I think, a, sta- a, a tune. I don't know if it's a stage one tune. Yeah. But that's, I mean, he's damn near pushing 1,000 horsepower or something. No, so like 720 is like, that's like, like a lot of these hypercars talking about, like, like it will beat a lot of those in a drag race. from. Fa- you don't even have to do anything to it from factory. The way McLaren built it, it'll beat a lot of these cars. In a drag race, it's ins- it's, it's, it's so insane. fast. It, it, it is a hypercar for supercar price. Again, I wouldn't going back to the debate. I wouldn't call it a hypercar, but it, yeah. it's on that level of performance for a lower price. That feeling is one of my favorite feelings when you're sitting in the in the seat and you just pedal to the metal and just yes, you just you stick like, like you're glued to the yes. seat. Yes, it is. That is one of my favorite fucking feelings. I love that adrenaline, and I'm kind of notorious for like like driving and like hang like I'll drive and like hang out of the drive and if. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't. I, I can't really get in trouble, but like, I'll drive. I'll do some. I, I love adrenaline. You I mean, know what I mean? If you got I, a video later, show me. I don't know if you want to listen to the podcast. I will. But I'll yeah, show yeah. you. I'll show you. So I love. I love adrenaline, skydiving, and all that. But that's my love for cars. That kind of. And then. And then a year after that, I had an. I had an. My first Jaguar was uh, um, the sedan. It was 
Not an FTX. XFS. XFS. So I got an XFS, wrapped it with a vampire matte red, and I put gold wheels on it. Gold wheels are are a must. Giovanna wheels. So like decent wheels. Mm. I do all my wheels through the through Brody's brother and and shout out wheel connection. You're gonna be interviewing a wheel guy and saying you're doing your wheels with somebody else. That's gonna that's gonna be weird. Yeah, because I'm really big with like loyalty and like the relationships and like of course. Brody and like everything he's done for me in the insurance industry and his brothers just uh, I'm gonna try to get them to come out here. We're gonna take a jet and go out hopefully to a Lakers game. You That's know they're insane. changing their uh, stadium to crypto. I don't know yeah, if you look yeah. at it in crypto shit. Crypto dot net. I don't. I know a guy in a city. Funny enough, who's like makes his, like he made like fifteen but like fifteen million recently off crypto. Holy he's got fuck. an SVJ and Miss, like, What's his name? We gotta follow him. He's uh he's, his Instagram's at oil. At o- oil. Do you do you know this guy? Let's shoot him DM see if we can get him on here. So oh, he's crazy on Instagram. He's he's married to some like what? Well, no, he's, he's excuse me. He's dating some like uh, million follower like plastic supermodel. Well, I don't know if she's a supermodel or not. Yeah. But she's like she barely speaks English. She just got her like she's she's got approved for legal citizenship. Let's uh, go earlier this year. Let's but go. He's insane. Speaking of crypto, like, you can make a lot of money off that, but yes. I don't. I don't yeah, personally. I don't make nothing in separate I, I don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. So F type. Then I had so I had the XFS. I had that for a month. Did some work on it and then wrapped it around a tree. <laughs> this lady cut me <laughs> off and I, I put an intercooler in and I was like, it started to whistle and I'm like mm-hmm. on a back road in Lincoln, Nebraska and fucking. All right, like, if you're doing some proper B-road driving and that's like you're you're getting into it like that, you, you can you can get in some trouble real fast. Yeah, dude. I mean, and it's a one way, two lane road and I'm in the right lane. I'm going to pass this lady and she completely from the right lane turns left, doesn't just merge left, turns left. I have to completely avoid her. Like GTA, I run off the road ramp, like smash it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it was, fi- I, sp- I ended up spending $50,000 to repair the car. And unlike in GTA, you can't hit rewind and try it all over again. Yeah, you're dude. stuck with your $50,000 damage. Yeah. And then a month later, so I, I start the process of basically dishing out 50 racks uh, to fix that car, which is worth 50 racks, yeah, which you was know, still, you're, you're paying market value for it. And which was still because of the market that we're in, which is still more than what it was really worth. So when I went to, I mean, I lost like a hundred grand on this car. So that was a horrible, it was a good, it, everything's a lesson. Good, good financial lesson there. Don't buy an XF and wrap it around a tree. Just don't buy an XF. <laughs> That's super fair. Honestly. Yeah. And then There's I better Jaguar. Yeah, dude. So then I get the F type like a month later. I love the F type for a while, but but I get the F-Type, and Brody was in the process, I think, of getting the McLaren, but he had just had an R8, and that's what I want next. Yeah. He had an R8 with a sole exhaust. That was the loudest I've heard, car. I've heard one with a sole exhaust. Oh, The my God. loudest car, dude, that I, I was like, this is fucking amazing. I just love cars. If For me, like my vision, like regardless of how rich I get, I would be cool with just putting a garage like onto my office. And then just like living out of the garage and, and working. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just kind of, I've, I've been seeing these guys have like Iron Town condos where they'll like. Iron Gate. Yeah. Iron, Iron Gate. Gate Motor Condos. Yeah. And, and they'll Steve set up. Has, Steve has one. Steve that's what. So I've seen, he's got one. I think the other wheel dude has one. And then one of yeah. our guys here, I think he was looking into getting one. Really? So I was like, all these guys are like building up these man. I was like, that's what I want. Just like a garage yeah. that I could live in. Because mm-hmm. one of our guys here has a really nice boat. Like really fucking, I'm not into like boats. Yeah, I like I mean, jet skiing, but I'll, like, I'll ride in a guy's boat. If they yeah. ride me. Like I, I don't know much about boats. Yeah, me either. Me either. So getting into real quick, I, I want to end with two questions. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie, honestly, um, it changes a lot. Uh, I was in, one of my favorite movies is like, I don't remember the plot of it because I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I love Goodwill Hunting. If you've seen that movie, <sighs> it's, Dude, it's, it? it's one of Matt Damon's first movies. I used to watch it all, all the time when I was like, in my teens. I haven't watched it much recently, but that's I think my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, no, it's that's one of my favorite movies. Yep. Now, favorite 
sometimes I ask people favorite song and they're like, oh, I'm not that into music. Do you, are you, is there a music type? Is there an artist? Is there a genre? Honestly, one of my favorite songs, um, just because of like the, the local connection is, uh, there's a song called heaven only knows by a guy named Tokyo and yeah. I chance to represent it too. It was kind of cool because, um, you know, like, first of all, like, like we used this song um, senior year. Me, me, one of my friends, we edited together a video. Like, yep. just, just go mess around video with like, a bunch of like phone videos of um, everything we senior class did up until COVID hit. Because like yep. maybe being a senior in high school, Aiden and I both kind of know um, like when COVID hit, like just nobody knew it was going to happen. So we kind of made a memories video using this song. And actually, I was at one of our uh, one of Prillo's events in April, and the, the, the guy who wrote that song ended up being there. And so I showed him that video, and he was like really excited about it. And I was like, the fact that like I was fortunate enough to meet the guy who who wrote this song, and also just like it's a good song by itself. Yeah, like I think that's my favorite song for those reasons, just like because of like the value it holds for me. Yes, it's like like a sentimental value. In terms yes, of, like yes, like, the using experience it, like, with like, the like, song, using, not not just like meeting like it doesn't matter like meeting the guy like he's a cool guy like even yeah. without meeting him it was like, like we use that for our senior video and it, it kind yeah. of, that kind of like there's, there's certain sentimentality to it because when you go back and watch that video you're going to hear that song obviously are you into books do you have I, a favorite book um i haven't i admit that i don't like i read more like online news now like newspapers yep. i don't i admit i don't read as much as i used to favorite. uh one of my favorite books uh honestly the lord of the Rings series i love like, the movies those are the movies are good but the books are tough i read them when i was in like eighth grade that is some proper english there i like the hobbit i read those books yeah yeah the the, the, the hobbit and the lord of the rings those are all like good books but i would say like, the lord of the rings my, my favorite. favorite books to read when i was younger yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, no, I mean, like I yesterday, uh, you, I think on the phone you mentioned you were reading like when Elon. After I talked about the Joe Rogan thing, you were mentioning you were reading one of like the books Elon used to read. So I I read a book. Uh, I've been reading a few books. Well, essentially, I, I gathered up the top ten favorite books from Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos weekly. I'm I'm trying to get into a new book because uh -huh. uh, I'm not as naturally as intelligent as everybody else in this room. <laughs> it's taken a lot for me to build I mean, up to fine. this. I mean, you've gone from being expelled to working in a fucking insurance company. And yes. Well, I mean, there's no yes. shame in that. Yeah absolutely so and a lot of it's just having the right people and again like I don't, I don't fuck with with the flex and the ego and shit it's just right people great company and, and right mentorship and things like that but definitely the self self-help self-development and with that so like one of the most intricate and in-depth books i've read this year is called super intelligence and it's on artificial intelligence and oh, dude, that's gonna be insane when it comes out yeah dude i mean that's a whole other you know hour we could get into of like just how deep that shit is it's insane um but though, as we as as we as we wrap up, the book I'm actually reading right now, I recommend everybody check out is Steve Jobs, and uh, it's like his autobiography. I don't know the the actual author, but it's a it's a good long book, but it's good. It gets really in depth talking about Jobs being adopted and acid and his explorative mind. And you know, my buddy, he did ayahuasca. I did a podcast with him, mm -hmm. and and just the psychedelics and certain things like that, and exploring that kind of spirit realm um with business owners it's pretty unique to me you'd be surprised on like how open-minded and like spiritually and emotionally intact these people are but as we wrap up let's bring uh let's bring it back home to you know what do you want to advertise because i was actually looking at the metrics we we actually have some way more viewers than i imagined for only four or five podcasts out mm -hmm. so what, what do you want to get out there i mean i guess the biggest thing i want to get out there is like despite everything we've talked about um i do not advertise myself as like one of the biggest guys in the area because like yeah. i start like if you look at my following it would suggest that if you look at the content i'm putting out it would suggest that but as a person i don't see myself as that because i never enjoy being in a mindset where it's like i've mastered something like to kind of wrap up again like i bought a new camera recently and i'm kind of like looking to elevate my content with that but 
Um, one of the reasons I bought the new camera, in addition to like my old one being six years old and piece of shit at this point, I'll go <laughs> and say it, um, is because like I was I, I never liked being in a mindset of like complacency where you feel like you're settling. And I felt like I was kind of like at my max with what I could do with that camera. And so I didn't want to feel like I was a master of my craft when really I'm a master of a starter camera. I don't want to feel like I'm that good when I don't have the right equipment. And so like I hated the mindset of like, oh, I feel like I'm becoming good at what I'm doing. Well, okay, then buy a better camera and challenge yourself more. Yeah. And so I kind of always want to want to get across that like, yes, I am a big name in the area, but I don't treat myself as a big name, nor do I see myself that way because Hell I just yeah. don't want to get into that. Like, I don't want to get caught up like the cloud of it because yeah. people have accused me of that. And I'm like, well, okay, like come shoot with me and I'll show you what I'm actually about. Yeah. Hell like, yeah. That kind of changes the perspective because like I, I hate the stigma of social media or to get your like the influencer thing. I'm not an influencer. Yeah. People with my follower count consider me an influencer. I'm not a fucking influencer. I don't yep. care about any of that stuff. I'm all about creating long lasting relationships. Cause like we talked about on the phone yesterday, it was kind of the last thing I'll, I'll finish off with is like, for me, I'm not about like, how, what can this client do for me? Like, how can they make me look better? It's how can I add some sort of value to them and how yeah. can, how can we grow together? And like what lasting relationship can we made there Hell besides yeah. just like, Hey, I'm doing some content for you. I'll never see you again. Like, how can we make that have some more longevity to it? Hell yeah, and that's kind of like what I want to get across. Absolutely. Fire. So obviously he didn't shout it out, but I wanted him to is again, check out his IG. Check. Well, again, like, I'm not the kind of guy yeah. who's like, oh yeah, check me out, check me out. But check him out though, man. Uh, you know, he ain't going to fucking it. say it, but Chai Town Exotics, check him out. Great footage. If you guys want to, you know, talk to him, whatever, whatever you want to do for photography, you know what I mean? Hit, hit him up, man. Get him My out. DMs are open. I check my requests semi-frequently, but you know, all that Russian porn link stuff. That yeah. We make kinda, it look legit. Don't yeah. send, don't make send it look no. legit. Make it look legit. I'm not <laughs> clicking your link if you send me something. Yeah. Some weird ass shit. So thank you everybody. Andy Thompson, thank you, bro. I'm thank excited to grow our relationship, bro. Thank you for having me out. It was, I mean, like like we said, two days ago we met, and now yeah, here we are. Here we are, bro. So thank you for having me. Yes, sir.